Welcome to the latest episode of Pinnacles NFL Insight. I'm your host, Eric Eager from Sumer Sports, uh, sumersports.com. I'm alongside my good friend and PFF data analyst, Ben Brown from PFF, pff.com, to help guide you through the world of the NFL with week-to-week reflections and projections. Look, I'm doing this from uh, a, basically like a penthouse suite in, in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, ben, you're at home wearing the Coastal Carolina uh, uh, shirt that you got after the Chanticleers went over their season win total of seven and a half, covered the last two weeks as, un- as short underdogs. Uh, you know, a great week for us betting the Chanticleers. Ben, how you doing? I'm I'm doing well. Yeah, Grayson McCall is putting my children through college right now, thankfully. So, uh, you know, it's always good to find a pretty big winner. It's even better when you end up with a jersey because of it. So it's uh, it's a it's a great day to be great, as a lot of people say. But yeah, that is basically you know my week ten NCA reflections, week nine NFL reflections is uh, it's still you know it's it's always been Coastal Carolina. I think it's always going to be as well. So we got to continue to ride them when they're hot. I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's let's get to the NFL, though. Week nine, uh, we had a few things happen. Buffalo fell uh, to the New York Jets, the upstart New York Jets, who are now uh, six and three and just a half game behind Buffalo, now sitting at six and two, tied with Kansas City uh, atop the AFC, um, you know, with the tiebreaker because they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Uh, The Eagles, uh, you know, on Thursday night football didn't cover. So the top three teams in the NFL went 0 and three. Uh, this weekend against the spread, but they did win to go to 8-0, the first 8-0 start in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles franchise. The Eagles have yet to trail in the second half of a game this right. year. Um, so right now on the smart, uh, you know, on the Pinnacle, uh, you know, uh, sports book here, uh, Pinnacle.com, you look at the Super Bowl champion, you look at the market here. Buffalo is the favorite at three to one. The Philadelphia Eagles are, are plus four forty. The Kansas City Chiefs are plus five forty. And then you got a big drop off, right? So those are clearly the three best teams. Funny, by the way, the way that the league works, uh, the the MVP race, and and you, it's not necessarily on pinnacle, um, but you look at other markets. The three favorites for MVP, kind of in this order now that Mahomes took some money this week: Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, right? So the three best quarterbacks, or the three teams with the quarterbacks, those quarterbacks uh, are the MVP favorites. After that, you've got your Minnesota Vikings, Ben, at 13 to 1, trailing only the Niners in that second tier at plus 11.25. You have the Ravens at 14 to 1, big Monday night football win. Dallas 15 to 1, and then you get drop off into the 20 to 1 teams, Ben. What do you think about this market right now if you look at the, the Super Bowl futures market? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still looking for plays, I would say, in the NFC, right? And I think that, you know, outside of Philadelphia, there there is this second tier, which I think kind of offers a lot of value based on how you kind of project each one of those three teams to play out. And that's the San Francisco 49ers, Minnesota Vikings, and Dallas Cowboys. And I think when you're looking at them, you know, all of them very much have their warts, but I think we've kind of seen, I would say the worst version of the Dallas Cowboys, but now that they're kind of back and healthy, I think they kind of have all the pieces to compete in the NFC. So if I'm buying, you know, a particular team for the Super Bowl, I want it to come out of the NFC just based on, you know, the power rankings and how all these teams are stacking up. And I very much kind of want it uh, in that second tier because I do think that, you know, Philadelphia, for how good they have definitely been, still haven't really been challenged with the 32nd, you know, the, the easiest schedule I would say through the first nine weeks of the season. I'm still going to have a very easy schedule moving out of this as well. 
Uh, and, and I think, you know, I think Jalen Hurts has definitely like answered the questions as far as how good the Eagles can be. Uh, but I still think that they are somewhat vulnerable in like a one game setting. I think that the Cowboys specifically, uh, match up really well against them, both of what they're able to provide from a pass rush perspective with Micah Parsons, the fact that they do, I think have a really good secondary this year, you know, as well. And then I think, you know, in a one-on-one type situation, I would still probably lean in Dak Prescott's. Uh, direction, at least as far as like a ceiling type performance at the quarterback position, more so than Jalen Jalen Hurts. So I I think it's the Cowboys kind of at that fifteen to one play, and I do think you maybe have you know an opportunity to you know hedge some a little bit with them you know in the Super Bowl if they end up getting there out of the NFC. So that would be my kind of one play, and I do think that we probably haven't seen uh, I, I would say like the really high ceiling type performance from the Dallas Cowboys. I think we've seen that from. You know, the, the the at least the top two teams, I would say, in the NFC and the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. So I think that that's why uh, you, you still might have a little bit of a buy low opportunity, I would say, with the Cowboys right now. Yeah, I love that, that one. I, I think Dallas, you know, the, you know, coming off of a buy, you know, Dak Prescott is not a great injured quarterback, but I think, right. you know, unlike being the calf last year, I think the the thumb and the finger, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at a better outcome there. It, it is interesting with Mike McCarthy coming back to Green Bay. You know, this time looking favorably as five, four and a half, five point favorites in Lambeau Field. Uh, it is interesting that the last time, you know, or the only time Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl, it came out of a wild card. In fact, it came out of the sixth seed in 2010 as a member of the Green Bay Packers. Dallas will be favored, I think, when they play, face Philadelphia at home in, in the rematch between the two teams. Right. Probably the only time, unless somebody gets, you know, unless Jalen Hurts gets injured, really, that the Eagles will be underdogs the rest of the year. So I don't know if Dallas can quite catch the Eagles as far as winning that division. But McCarthy has history in his career of winning a Super Bowl uh, from as a road team in the playoffs. Uh, you know, and, and playing multiple NFC championship games as well. Like, I think he's a little bit underrated. I'm going to go a little bit deeper into the into the teams here. Um, you know, when I look at, you know, we, we talked about Seattle uh, on a previous episode being a good bet to win the NFC West. Funny, like they're leading that division now right. by a couple of games. That, that's, a you know, to me, uh, you know, a fun thing to see. Um, but when I look at, you know, this market right now, um, you know, I, I do think that the Los Angeles Chargers, even though I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, at 30 to 1 uh, is a pretty good bet, in my opinion, to win uh, the Super Bowl just because they're only a half game behind the Chiefs. And that is despite a lot of the Charger kind of stuff that can happen to them happening to them. Um, you know, they get a game at or, or, sorry in Los Angeles to try to even the score. The Chiefs do have an easier schedule down the stretch than the Chargers do, but the Chargers with Herbert, if you know, getting getting his receivers healthy down the stretch, I, I think could be a long shot bet. Um, you know, as far as the divisions are concerned, you have a clear favorite in the NFC East, the NFC North. Uh, you have uh the NFC West, you know, the the Seahawks are still underdogs at plus 146. The Niners, I think, rightfully the favorite at minus 142. The Bucks are minus 210 still in right. the NFC South. The Falcons have a really easy schedule down the stretch. They are plus 270. I don't know how much you want to trust Arthur Smith, Marcus Mariota, but as far as the NFC is concerned, every single favorite uh for a division is minus 140 or more. When you look at the AFC, uh, it, it's it's even more stark with the Ravens minus 600 to win the AFC North, the Titans minus 440 to repeat as AFC South champions for the third straight year. The Chiefs going for their seventh straight AFC West title are minus 600. Um, and, and the AFC East is off the board with Josh Allen's injury, Ben. What do you think of the division markets? 
Yeah, I mean, I I would love to see the AFC East post. I know it is in a few other spots, but I think that, you know, the Bills are kind of vulnerable right now. And I think we kind of had them up on a pedestal. And and despite like the injury situation kind of continued to stack up in their secondary, uh, they they kind of exceeded expectations. But I think, you know, if if Allen misses time, it's going to kind of, I would say, completely shut down what they do offensively, right? Not only is it going to be, you know, much more difficult to pass with Case Keenum, but they're not going to have that dynamic runner at the quarterback position to kind of open up things for Devin Singletary. So I think that, you know, if this if this elbow injury, UCL injury, whatever exactly it is, kind of lingers on, and even if he maybe does play but isn't as as good as the Josh Allen that we've kind of projected through the first nine weeks of the season. I think a team, you know, like the Miami Dolphins specifically can definitely catch them. So that's, you know, one spot that I like in the division market. I do think we're probably going to see, you know, some numbers from Pentacle here later on in the week. Maybe when we, when we do get a little bit more of that injury situation uh, resolved from uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, and Josh Allen, but that's kind of the spot I'm looking at right now. Cause I'm not, I, I, I guess from my perspective, you know, a lot of these situations seem, you know, for the most part wrapped up. I think that's the one where, you know, the heavy favorite could potentially slip and I'm just not all that interested in laying, you know, a, a pretty heavy minus price on, on anybody else right now. So I think that's, you know, kind of the direction I'd lean in, but you know, if you, if you like the chargers, you know, kind of like you said, at plus four thirty to maybe get through the back door and win that AFC West, uh, also I think has a little bit of intrigue, but what, what, what do you like in the division market? I know, I think it's kind of priced, uh, you know, somewhat difficult, I would say to lay down any action right now from my perspective. Yeah. To me, it's the Seahawks possibly, because I think, you know, my biggest thing, when I look at betting teams in both college and NFL, it's like, can you move the football? If you can move the football to me, you are a buy. And right now, uh, it's very clear to me that the Seahawks can move the football. And so, um, you know, I, I think that that's a team, but you're right. I mean, as a Chiefs fan, like, it's good to see them heavily favored in the AFC West. It's good to see the Bills kind of in a little bit of a tough spot um, because I want to see them get the one seed uh, for the third time in the last five years. Uh, let, let's let's move on to the games. Um, we're going to preview some of the, the, you know, sort of marquee games, all the, all the prime time and, and standalone games. And then I'm going to pick a couple in the middle here. So we're going to start with a, a divisional rivalry. Uh, you know, a te- two teams that used to be in the NFC West, weirdly, and now are in the NFC South. The Atlanta Falcons going on the road to face the Panthers. The Falcons currently tied for first place in the in the NFC South. They have a tiebreaker loss with the Bucks, but they are minus three against Carolina. Total on the game forty four and a half, juiced under though. Um, ben, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's Falcons are bust, right? I still think they're playing at a pretty high level. Uh, you know, there is still, I would say, some injury concerns, uh, you know, especially in their secondary unit. But uh outside of that, I, I think they can I think they can score enough points to beat uh, a Carolina Panthers team that is just not very good, right? And I, I think we saw, you know, the 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 foundation of PJ Walker definitely crumbled last week. He is gonna get the start on a short week, but you know, how long is his leash gonna be? How good can you know Baker Mayfield actually be uh you know every single week I think that's a pretty big question and I, you know I've liked what you know Marcus Mariota has been able to do offensively a little bit uh mixing in a little bit more Kyle Pitts you know and uh, to the to the detriment of Drake London a little bit here but uh I think that they can score some points here so I think you know you're not you're not getting the best of the number 
anymore at minus three. I think on the look ahead line, this was basically like a pick them. If not, you know, uh, the Falcons like minus 120 on the money line or something like that. But uh, I still think, you know, playing the favorite on this Thursday night matchup is the correct approach. Uh, and I just, you know, I, I don't know really if I love the total, but, um, I, I don't know if I can stomach taking another like prime time over, uh, this season, just based on how poorly that's gone for me, you know, so far this year, I would say. Yeah. A few things about this game. A, I think Carolina was thought of as a team that was going to be competitive. You know, they played a competitive right. game in Atlanta, lost that game in overtime. Um, they obviously beat the, Buc- they beat the Bucks. Uh, last week kind of took that wind out of the, that those sales. The Falcons are a team that can move the football. And so that's a buy team for me. But uh, another part of this game is, you know, rookie head coaches on Thursday night football. Now, Steve Wilkes is not a rookie head coach, but he's an interim coach. Right. I do think that that is a sell position uh, vis-a-vis the Panthers. Um, okay, we get another standalone game. Seattle, this one's the first NFL game played in Germany in the regular season. Seattle Seahawks go, you know, play Tampa Bay. Tampa, oh, it opened kind of around a pick, um, which I think a lot of people are like, what the hell? Because, you know, Tampa, you know, took a huge dive in the in the eyes of many in the markets. Um, but it's been bet out a little bit. I mean, the Seahawks are effectively minus three here. It's minus two and a half, minus 114, minus 145 in the money line. Total on the game, 44. Over is is the juice side at minus 111 on Pinnacle. Um, I'm just going to start with discussing this one. Like, I just... This could be the game where the wheels fall off of Geno Smith, but I think Tampa's injured enough defensively right. and, and and Seattle is good enough at the tackles um, and the wide receivers where I don't know if it's going to be a, a situation where, um, you know, Tampa's going to run away with this. So I, I like the Seattle Seahawks here. Yeah, I think everyone's like, you know, kind of holding their breath or at least projecting or expecting some sort of Geno Smith regression type situation. But he's been, I would say, really good in this starting role dating back to last season. I think he's been really good every single week, you know, from a PFF grading perspective. And he's been really good in like the stable metrics that we look for at the quarterback position. So, you know, projecting him to, you know, regress back to some sort of lower expectation just based on where he was at, you know, in prior stops throughout his career. I think that's a little bit of an oversight. And and so I'm kind of with you on this one, right? I think, you know, outside of the teams that we often think about the chiefs and the bills, uh, I think there's really two teams that are moving the ball effectively through the air right now, you know, week in and week out. And that's the Miami Dolphins. That's the Seattle Seahawks. And like you said, you want to buy teams uh, that are moving the ball and they're moving it in the right way and they're moving it from a clean pocket. And that's exactly what Geno Smith has been doing. So uh, I, I I might be going against, you know, PFS modeling a little bit here, but I, I kind of like the Seahawks. And I think this is, uh, you know, it's an, it's an interesting handicap from the perspective of it's like, how much do you weight priors and weight and where should be, you know, the, the heavier weight in that sort of metric, right? Cause I think if you're weighting, you know, especially this season really heavily, or if that's kind of your only metric, uh, the Seahawks are clearly the best team in this particular matchup. But if you have some of the, you know, the, the other prior stuff baked in, uh, you know, maybe that's a reason why the market has maybe moved a little bit too much in Seattle's direction. But uh, I, I like Gino. I like what the I like what the Seahawks are doing offensively. Uh, I think they're getting enough big plays defensively. And like you said, Buccaneers, I think, are still really beat up along the offensive line. Still have a lot of questions that, you know, the secondary positions as well. So uh, I kind of think it's, you know, Seattle or Boston, London coming up here. Or not, sorry, London, not London, Germany. Sorry uh, for all the yeah, listeners no, we have over not, there. Let's not, uh, 
your your colleague, my former colleague, and good right. friend Timo Risk, would not be happy. Uh, with that. You know, let's not let's not uh, <laughs> dismiss uh, his hometown there. Um, by the way, speaking of the PFF model, I've been looking over here a little bit. Uh, the under is going to hit in Toledo Ball State, so uh, very good bet for for you and for us uh, there after the interception of Paddock uh, here. Uh, an under that was looking very in peril early Dyer. in the game uh, is going to hit Maction. Mac, we're not talking about action on this when show you, because when you can our get show when comes you can, on Wednesdays, but but it is a, a great betting experience, especially here in the states, uh, the United States, in, a, in a election night of angst in our country. <laughs> okay, you talk about the Miami Dolphins. They're at home. They're laying four. It's a it's it's a, a, a cheap four though. The the Cleveland Browns come in um, total on the game forty nine with the bigger totals of the weekend. Um, look, I think that the. The, the Cleveland Browns are a pretty good football team, even with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. In fact, I, I think that Kevin Stefanski has done a marvelous job with Jacoby Brissett. They've had some bad luck. The kicker, you know, made a kick in week one, has missed kicks later on. They, they beat up really heavily the, the Cincinnati Bengals the other day. They come off a bye. The Dolphins, you know, look really good on offense against the Bears. Defense could not stop a nosebleed. Defense has had a hard time of it at times this year. Um, yeah. When I look at this game, Ben, I, I do think the, the number's right here. I, I think, you know, if if you didn't play last week's game, this is closer to six in my estimation, but now it's four because of the warts Miami showed on on defense, but also the warts uh, that, that Tua Tungavailoa showed, you know, in some of his throws. I think that's very much an offense carried by the coordinator, carried by the receiver. The car is being driven by Tua. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, and I also think, you know, the – the very much like differential from like the arrest perspective, right? Like Cleveland coming off of their bye. Miami is going to be heading into the bye after this particular week. It does seem like, you know, the, the key injury situations that Cleveland was kind of dealing with, with, you know, Wyatt Teller, Denzel Ward uh, are all very much going to be back in the fold for this particular game. Right. So I do think the extended rest, uh, you know, makes a lot of sense from Cleveland's perspective. And I think, you know, even after saying, uh, you know, the Miami Dolphins are definitely a team I want to buy into, like, you know, our modeling has the Browns and I, and I get that. Right. And I think that, you know, looking at their record, if you like them in this matchup, uh, you know, there's maybe a case to be made for them in, you know, uh, in a either divisional bet or some sort of conference or Super Bowl bet as well, given, you know, where they're going to be at at the end of the season. If they can get in the playoffs, they're still very much, you know, one of the most dangerous teams in the AFC. So uh, I do kind of like them in this particular matchup, but I also, you know, am, am at least like testing the waters as far as like before this matchup's played, if they are a buy, I would say in the futures market as well. Yeah, very, very good. I, I like the Cleveland Browns in the futures market a couple of weeks ago. They ran into some bad luck. Um, when Watson comes back, I'm not sure if it's even going to be that much of an upgrade, at least initially right. over Brissett, because I think Brissett has played that well. I think over time the the upgrade will be obvious, but at least initially. But I think in this game they'll be they'll be plucky. Um, the Dolphins, you know, at a one o'clock Eastern game, will wear their white uniforms. Cleveland will wear the dark uniforms and be on the the sunny side of the field. So there is that aspect of home field that, you know. Dolphins really haven't capitalized that much on in recent years, but it's still a thing. Uh, let's go to Sunday night. Your boss, Chris Collinsworth's game. Uh, it's a rematch of Super Bowl 29. Back then, it was the San Diego Chargers of Stan Humphreys, Natron Means, uh, Junior Seau uh, lure. Uh, now it's the Los Angeles Chargers of Brandon Staley, Justin Herbert, Joey Bosa, and uh, and Khalil Mack lure. But uh, they go to San Francisco. Uh, the Niners uh, are coming off of, you know, a, a, you know, they're they're 
you know, they they had a, a you know a decent time of it against the Rams. Uh, they're coming off of a bye now. Um, they are six and a half point favorites, but it's trending towards seven. The Chargers are just dealing with a ton of injuries, especially on the offensive side of the ball with Slater and they're both their wide receivers. Uh, they they eked out a win in the most Chargerian, Falconian way in Atlanta um, on Sunday to go to five and three. Uh, so you know they they're within shouting distance uh, of the Chiefs and and supremacy in the AFC. Frankly, um, I don't think any of us believe that that's real, and I think that Herbert has been very underwhelming this year. Give it, you know, even, you know, without adjusting for circumstances, what do you think goes on in this game? Do you think the Niners are laying too many points? I do think they're laying too many points. That's kind of been, you know, the one side of the direction of the market. I think this was like three and a half or four uh, on the look ahead line. Now up to seven, basically. It sounds like Keenan Allen. I, and, and I said this last week as well, but it sounds like Keenan Allen's probably going to be able to go. I know he had a setback last week with his leg injury, but uh, I think with him in the fold, they are kind of a different uh, you know, offensive unit. I know we've seen Justin Herbert struggle quite a bit. Like you said, the offensive line as well, uh, nowhere close to being as good as they need to be. But uh, I think with Allen actually being able to separate somewhat underneath and quickly, uh, it, it's going to open up a lot more things for them offensively. So seven's just way too much. Uh, and I think if we move out, you know, even from that, which I don't think we should, uh, you know, th- that's even more reason I would say to kind of buy into the Chargers. So I like them plus seven. Uh, don't hate them on the money line as well. I think this game could be kind of interesting. And, you know, for all, for as bad as Justin Herbert's been this year, he's still, I would say, uh, you know, head and shoulders above Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. So uh, I- I'm taking him. I'm taking the Chargers. Never feels good, but uh, I got to fade the San Francisco 49ers for one more week. Yeah, what a predicament the Niners are in with Jimmy G again. Right. Uh, not taggable after this season. Uh, Lance comes back, but Jimmy G has, in some sense, saved this offense. Uh, you know, from itself a little bit, even though they did have losses to Atlanta, did have a loss, of course, uh, you know, to the Chiefs at home. Uh, I think that, you know, they are the fourth favorite to win the Super Bowl. Uh, that just shows you kind of like what the market believes about their talent when you grade out right. the team. Um, okay, lastly, we're going to Monday Night Football. This is not going to be, you know, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this game, but the Washington Commanders uh, getting 10 and a half, total on the game 43 against the Philadelphia Eagles. Ben, uh, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I mean... I, I feel like I cannot touch the Washington Commanders. I know you have been uh, a little bit more of a fan than me. So anytime I bet them, uh, it's been at your uh, inkling. So I don't know. I, I can't touch the side. I know 11 is like way too much to lay with Philadelphia. So I probably won't touch them either. But uh, I think like a first half play on Philadelphia didn't get there last week. But that's probably, you know, the extent of what I'll have on the game market for this particular match. But probably just play, uh, you know, some t- some player props here when we come up. But Heineke's been uh pretty high variance have gotten some things with you know uh, his rushing ability has made a couple throws but the turnover where they play is I think I think Philadelphia's just going to feast on to be honest with you and if they get uh you know a turnover in the other zone or even you know some sort of pick six or something uh this one's going to be lights out pretty early so I I can't touch Washington but uh the the price is just maybe a little bit too much for me to lay with uh the Philadelphia Eagles right now as well yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I I can't, you know, I think I think it's going to be a lot like the first matchup where Philadelphia runs away from it, um, right. and you know Heineke makes too many mistakes for this thing to be any good. Um, okay, lastly, let's talk about college football. Um, the committee came out, you know, has given their opinions on things. Um, 
The markets, though, are, are what I trust. And right now, the markets, at least as Pinnacle is concerned, they have Georgia favored against the field, minus 109, Ohio State at plus 221, Michigan at 8-1. to one. So that's kind of an interesting one, right? Because Michigan and Ohio State both undefeated. Ohio State was in the meat grinder last week with Northwestern. Michigan has really not struggled with any teams this year for the most part. Um, but they, you know, obviously they have their final game of the season on, on Thanksgiving weekend. Um, then it goes Tennessee at about 16 to one, Oregon at 25 to one, Alabama, two losses already 40 to one tie with LSU, TCU at 40 to one Clemson just got their butts kicked by Notre Dame 50 to one, same odds as USC. Ben, what do we make of this? Is it just Georgia? Is it just Georgia at this point? I mean, I think you could maybe make a case for Ohio state or Michigan. I only think one of them are obviously going to get in whoever wins the big 10 title. Uh, I think Ohio State's the more talented team, but you know if Michigan gets out early in that matchup, they could be, they could be back in the college football playoff once again. So I don't hate that as you know an eight to one sprinkle, and I still think you know the, the market is judging these like luck factors and everything else from TCU. Obviously, you know there's seven point underdogs this week against Texas, but if they get through that game. Uh, they're playing for the Big 12 championship. And if they win that one, you know, they're in the college football playoffs. So I I don't really want to play TCU as the champion because I don't really think they have that kind of upside. But to at least get into the college football playoffs based on where they're at, if you know, other betting markets, uh, I think that would be probably the approach I would play from a TCU perspective because I think when it's all said and done, um, they are probably just a little bit more likely to get in than what the current betting market expectation is. So I, I still think TCU is a little undervalued outside of that. Maybe Michigan, but uh, this is, uh, you know, getting really chalky really quickly, I would say. Yeah, that, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, Georgia loses all these players, especially on defense, and they're still an absolute brick house. So, right. uh, you know, it'll be fun to see if anybody can knock them off. But right now, my prior is that no one will. So, um, that was the NFL Insights podcast for another week. You know, at Pinnacle Pod- podcasts on all platforms to follow and keep up to date on all pinnacles latest shows including epl insights with gareth wheeler and jake augustorp delving into the data behind the world of premier league soccer please keep across pinnacle.com's page for the latest betting insights including mark taylor's game of the week pinnacle's weekly nfl predictions article and ncaa college football predictions um for ben brown at pff underscore ben brown this has been eric eager at eric eager underscore um at pinnacle sports on twitter and YouTube. Um, This has been the Pinnacle NFL Insights Podcast. Thank you for, thank you for listening. Uh, Have a great week. Good luck.